It's episode 17. to the Young Punks FM, the best in new electronic music coming at you live from London Bridge, England and also the best of old electronic music today because we have, finally, I've been threatening it for a couple of months, Howard Jones, the godfather of synth pop in the studio with me. In fact, he was in the studio with me last week. I recorded this and I'm going to put the pre-recorded interview in a moment. And I said hello and good morning, which for a change is actually true. It is... Nine o'clock on a Friday morning at the moment, which is a bit of an ungodly hour for me to be doing this. Why, you ask? Why would I, a person from the musical community, be even awake at nine in the morning? I think it's because it's kind of an extension of last night, Thursday night, which was the Mix Mag magazine 25 years anniversary party, which basically consisted of every DJ in the UK stuffed into one extremely small bar in Hoxton. It was kind of hellish, but it was sort of like the office party for the dance music industry. Yeah, it was quite fun. However, I only got back from that at five in the morning and I went to sleep. And then what I forgot is that my cleaner comes round on Friday. And so I was woken a couple of hours later by a middle-aged woman shouting in Spanish on her mobile phone in the room next to me, which really gave me quite a shock. So then I had to get up so I wasn't kind of in the house when the cleaner was there because, I know, it's just kind of embarrassing, isn't it? And so I came to do the podcast, which sounds like this. My dear, I'm...
This is the Young Punks remix of a track called Evil by uh, an act called Giant Junior. <laughs> and uh, they asked me to do the remix, and uh, I really like the track, uh, so I did it. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great anecdote, isn't it? They asked me to do a remix, I did the remix. Now, check this out. Coming in in the background is Light Years by Supermal, the Phonat remix. Basically, a big team effort by me and my mates. Supermal, main though, did the Bigger Than Big track with Luciana recently. Uh, I collaborated with them on this track called Light Years, and then Phonat in the room next door did this amazing remix of it, and it got played by Pete Tong for the first time last Friday. And uh, we like it. Just like this. DJs there once. I got to see Goldie playing in a city live, which was, I know, not the kind of thing I do normally on an evening. It was quite good. 
and uh, Tim Westwood DJing, which I wouldn't normally do. But the, the main thing I remember is, uh, only very vaguely, uh, I was standing with Chavuz and he made a fairly offensive comment, so I sort of playfully hit him, um, you know, sort of a matey knock. But that meant that he dropped his entire, entire pint of beer. It shattered and exploded on the ground, sending a pint of beer and broken glass onto godfather of UK hip-hop, Tim Westwood who gave us a sort of look where if it was an episode of CSI it would have all kicked off with knives and guns and things but instead he gave me the um, I'm the son of a vicar I'm not going to shoot you really kind of but I hate you look anyway yeah we did spill beer all over Tim Westwood which probably wasn't a good idea sorry Tim about last night is after the party we went to the notional after party which was at Bar Aquarium have you ever been to Bar Aquarium? it's more than an aquarium it's a bar with well, I thought it just had a hot tub it has a whole swimming pool and a hot tub in it it's a very un-London thing it was one of those things which I think usually I only ever see on episodes of CSI when they have some ridiculous club that never happens in the real world. There's a swimming pool full of girls in their underwear. You had to pay a pound to go in, but we didn't. We just sort of stood around going, that's strange, there's girls in their underwear covered in water. I think you can picture the scene. So it doesn't just happen in episodes of CSI where they have ridiculous clubs. It happens in the real world. Quite surprising. Not a normal night out. So this was Light Years by Supermal, co-write with the Young Punks, featuring Laura Kidd on vocals and Phonat on the remix. Quite a big team effort. This is also Serious Mo, All the Girls Get Down. Sounds like this, 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 this. interview on the Young Punks FM podcast. Get up. 
is TSI Hoxton. I'd like to apply to be in that. I'd like to have the, uh, the role of being David Caruso. Not because he's the lead actor in the world's most successful TV show, which he is at the moment, but because you get to do this thing where just before the titles run at the beginning of the show, you get to either take your sunglasses off or put them on. Either will do. I'm going to take my glasses off to do this. I'm going to take my glasses off and say a meaningful line like... Not, not like all the girls get down. It would work. Take my sunglasses off and go... Well, that's why crime doesn't pay. Sunglasses on. That's why people like me are here to protect you from people like him. Let's hear it for David Caruso. Studio is none other than synth pop legend Howard Jones. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Hal. Thanks. Um, uh, I prefer to be called Synth Wizard, actually. Synth Wizard. That's okay. But you were the pioneer of like of this kind of live performance of yeah. multiple synths. Yeah. For me, if I think about what got me interested in um, playing electronic music to mm. start off with. Mm. I have a very specific image, and it's you on top of the pops, All right. surrounded by about six or seven keyboards, you know, mm. the rig, um, mm. probably playing the keyboard solo to what is love. Um, with Jed doing mm. his um, his mime dance. Surrealist. But I... But, um, People, mm. you know, synths have been creeping into music, mm. but I don't think anyone ever seen in a pop context like mm. this one guy working with all the machines to make the sound. How did that come mm. about? Um, well, it, it came about. I mean, I I played the piano since I was seven, so I loved any any instrument that had keys on it. You know, I was I was the kid who was down the 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 Hammond uh, organ showroom on a Saturday afternoon and they couldn't get rid of me you know playing the B3s and the C3s key, uh, keys uh, that I'd never thought I'd ever be able to afford and so um, and when it, with the advent you know I was there at the the Isle of Wight Festival 1970 when Keith Emerson came out with his wardrobe Moog uh, yeah. and, and made the most incredible sounds and I was 14 and I, I just thought this is the most exciting thing in the world for a keyboard player and you used to stick knives in it as well. well so you so, can get the software version of it now, but you can't <laughs> stick the knives in it. No, you can't. And, and and it was all out of tune, and he was wrestling with the oscillators, you know, all that stuff. So for me, um, when the the keyboard revol- when when the actual keyboards came down to about two hundred and fifty quid, I could just about afford, you know, to buy a Moog Prodigy. 
And and so, uh, you know, um, at that point, I, my, my imagination just took off, and I thought, well, you know, why didn't I accumulate a lot of keyboards around me? And and then somebody lent me um, an old um, uh, an old drum machine. It was a Bentley Rhythm Ace. Oh wow. Uh, which is the precursor yeah. of Roland drum machines. It's actually the Roland company. Yeah. Sort of this idea of a one-man keyboard band that you could go out and do gigs with, and that's where it started, really. So my first memory of, the, of, of this whole thing would be New Song. Um, I, that's what I remember as the breakthrough record. Was that the yeah. first track you had that really kind of made it into the mainstream consciousness? Yeah, I mean, it was the first single. Yeah. You know, that's where the overnight success came from. Well, I know. think the, 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 production, <laughs> the overnight success after the previous 20 years working on it. Or exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think that track sounds as, um, as fresh now as it did then, really, because a lot of those mm. 80s synth sounds mm. are back in vogue again with the likes mm. of Calvin Harris and Justice and so on, using mm. those kind of very, very dry, clean, early 80s sounds. Mm. And um, I'm going to play it now. How great. Um, so that people can hear... Um, Howard Jones in, what was it, 
Stars new song by Howard Jones, ironically his oldest song. Um, <laughs> now, at that point, you had quite a lot of keyboards, which to me yeah. looked like quite an expensive rig, and, yeah. but you, were, you sort of appeared suddenly on the scene. Mm. Had you been sort of incrementally building this collection over the years, um, sort of... Because it looked like you had to be pretty rich to have that many keyboards, but obviously you wouldn't have no. been when you released your first record. Well, it's a weird story. I mean, I, you know, I was not... I came from a you know, working-class background. I, I, I was... I was doing like six or seven jobs just to keep my, um, you know, my keyboard habit up. Was there a pickle factory? <laughs> uh, well, I was actually in, uh, worked in a, in a cling film factory for quite <laughs> a while. But I did also, not only that, I was teaching piano. I was, I was helping out a friend with his business and I was, you know, I, I had like three or four things on the go, uh, you know, to, to be able to afford. I mean, a Jupiter 8, I think, was like 8,000 quid. That's so um a lot of uh, old yeah, money isn't and, it and uh, it is so so every 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 penny went went into the in, into the gear and my my lovely wife Jan you know supported me with all that stuff but it was like you know it, as soon as a, a new piece of kit came out like that i mean it was i had to have it because i was you know trying to do something brand new and trying to you know, create a whole new way of making music. So I had to have the, I just had to have the stuff. Now, of course, these days you can do the majority of all that stuff yeah. just on a laptop with software. Yeah. How yeah. do you think that the new software versions compare to the old synths? Well, I mean, I think they make great noises, the software synths, and I do enjoy them, but I enjoy more programming an old uh, a synth with, with the knobs and the sliders and the faders. And it, 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 I, I actually can get further doing that. It just seems more... I can create the sounds I want more um, more easily. I mean, Roland just brought out um, a, a synth called the um, the SH two hundred one, and it's just it's, there's not even any proper memories on it, and it's just got you know knobs and faders, and I, I can get the sounds I want much much quicker than I can on a software. But I probably need to do more work to do that because these old synths you <clears throat> largely abandoned for many years, and then a couple yeah. of years ago you kind of got them out of the cupboard again and did a gig using them. How did that yeah. go? Uh, it was great because I, I thought it'd be nice for people to see actually where I started from. So, you know, the, the 808 drum machine sending out a trigger to the Pro One and, and the Juno 60 arpeggiating along with it and me playing the bass with the left hand and leads with the right. And I thought... Uh, it'd be fun for me to do it again and also fun to see what you know uh, for people to see where I started um, and it's it, it, it actually was the hardest bit of the show to remember how to do all that yeah um, you're sort of wrestling with technology yeah. press, you yeah. have to like program one, one something yeah. in then press yeah. play and then yeah. run over and start programming something else and yeah and there was a, a weird anomaly with the, with the Pro 1 in, in that um, it had an 8 note sequencer in it mm -hmm. but you had to put the you had to put the last note in first for right. it to work so right so you're thinking you know you're doing do them doing the maths right the last note of the sequence goes in first and then then you start and then you leave the last note off it's, it's, it's bizarre <laughs> and uh, so that's how I kind of um, I used to have tapes to go on during that programming process so some sort of cassette tapes that would play like you know, background music, mm -hmm. just so people wouldn't get too bored while I was doing it all. But so you have to actually basically stop the show, <coughs> reprogram the yeah. keyboards, then get on with the next one. Yeah. Well, it's certainly become easier in some ways, but I think, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a certain fun in those old sounds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've still got, you know, the, the Prodigies and the Juno 60s, the Jupiter 8, the Pro 1. I think what I'd like to do is to play track um, Just Look At You Now. Right, great. From, um, from your um, uh, last sort of synth-based album. Yeah. Um, just 
three or four years old, isn't it? Yeah. What, what I like about this is, I mean, over the years, you, you've always sounded like Howard Jones, but you've mm. maybe played, started off as a synth act, then done mm. some solo piano work, and done some more conventional rock band kind of setups. Yeah. Um, this album for me was, if you like, all new music, and it sounded mm. new and contemporary, but it, mm. it, it um, was an echo of your early synth work. So I've yeah. played new song before, now we'll play a new song, mm. um, Just Look At You Now, which I mm. think has a lot of the same spirit to it, even though it's a, a recent track. Bing, 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 <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Great.
So that track was Just Look At You Now by Howard Jones from the Revolution of the Heart album. Now that track was, if you like, the, the first track that um, brought us together to work together because um, I had emailed your manager at saying that we'd like to remix some of your work. Yeah, and and, 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 and he sent it to me and I said, I, re- I get sent, sent stuff all the time. And I and I said I really really like the young punks. I think that, that <laughs> I mean this has a spirit about it. And the, the, he, he, uh, you sent me some uh, kind of live DJ mixes of of new song that oh, you've that's done. Right, yeah. And um and, and and I think it was more than that. It was, it was a few tracks. And I I said to Joe, um I really really like these guys, and I really want them to you know to if if they're up for it to do some mixes for me. So we we did a remix of. Um Revolution of the Heart, the track that I just played, but mm. that wasn't the Young Punks mix. But mm. while we were working on that, yeah. we re- revisited some of your old tracks mm. and mm. found um, the Now is Time! Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which was <laughs> from. Um, like to get to know you well. Like to get. Yes, yeah. it was the middle eight. The middle eight, uh, yeah. Or, of, I know, it, it happens a couple yeah, of times in the song. It does. It comes twice. It, it, it's a song with two middles. Yeah. Of um, Like to Get to Know You Well. So, Like to Get You Know You Well, it sounds like this. But then, um, this was in the era just before kind of Call On Me and all those kinds of tracks, and uh, sampling an 80s pop song was quite a fun thing to do. Um, it's been quite a little bit overexposed over the following years, but uh, we turned it um, as the Young Punks into this track called uh, Slip Away. Mm. Um, and uh, through contractual reasons, we released it under the name Mojito. But this is Slip Away by the Young Punks under the name Mojito, <laughs> remixed by Steve Angelo in Sweden, mm. featuring Howard Jones on vocals. And this was um, the first of our tracks that featured any Howard Jones. It did very well in. Especially in Australia, didn't it? It was a yeah. big hit in Australia. I think it could have been a chart record in the UK yeah. if it had the right breaks, but um, yeah. it doesn't like right breaks. Yeah, it was quite a good track. Check this out.
there's quite a lot of people seem to be sampling your work at the moment, and mm. only some of them seem to be able to manage to uh, uh, get the clearance <laughs> to actually officially put the tracks out. But there's mm. a few big ones floating around that will be coming out. Mm. Um, do you get a sense that... Um, I'm wondering what the relationship is between you mm. and the modern dance community, because they certainly seem to be you know, very willing to sample mm. a lot of your work. Yeah. Do, do you get a lot of interest from modern dance producers? And are you, how much is your current work influenced by what's going on in contemporary dance music? Great question. Um, well, yeah, I do get a lot of, a lot of the, um, you know, the, um, you know, the new dance guys sending me stuff. And I mean, it seems like almost every week somebody's come up with a remix of some part of one of the old songs, which I, which I think is great because it means the songs are standing the test of time. And I like it when somebody gives, gives, gives them a new twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to be that there's a certain anthemic quality to certain parts of the songs that work well on the dance floor it's and that's when you great. hear the high notes really seem yeah. to work in a yeah. kind of environment yeah yeah I, I suppose I, I never never really thought of that but yeah I'm sh- but you're right yeah um, yeah so I, I think I mean not all of the stuff that comes through I feel like pursuing any further because um, you know the it, it 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 doesn't sound like because because I've become familiar with with dance music because of mm. you know so many people sending me stuff um, you kind of know what's the real deal and what isn't and so I am a bit choosy about um, you know who it who it goes out with. I think there's a couple of um, tracks floating around um, yeah. recently which um, we should probably play. Yeah, um, we've been working today on. Um, Oh, it's called The Feel Goes On in its current <laughs> name, um, but it's Pearl in the Shell was mm. the um, original track. It's been sampled by Cedric Gervais. Mm. Um, it's going to be released soon on um, Ministry of Sound Records. Mm. And uh, we've been working in the studio here, uh, reproducing the old recording of your voice so mm. that there's like a, a new re-recorded version of it. Yeah. But let's. Um, this is what the original Howard Jones song sounded like back in the day. Now that sounds great, but it's really too fast for a house track and the time stretching to make it slower made it all a bit grungy. So what we've done today, Howard and I, is record this. So that was recorded today. Which you'll see is basically the same thing as the 80s version, but at a slower rate. Which means that it can be dropped into the house track uh, and come out much cleaner and make a modern house track that sounds like this.
incidentally, this version of the track, The Feel Goes On by Cedric Gervais versus Howard Jones, isn't the version using the new version we recorded today. It's the version using the old sample. I don't know if you can hear, it's all a bit because you have to slow down the old recording. So hopefully the finished version will sound even better than this once we've dropped today's recording into it. sample in in two different keys and that's not very common in dance music is it that people will actually shift it up to you know another key it's very unusual it's I mean, unusual in fact normally people will sample a track and just remove any bits where there's chord changes or, yeah. or key changes and he's actually keeps moving the key around which is yeah. a very unusual sound yeah and it kind of gives a sort of big lift every time you hear it when it goes up to the you know the high it goes up a tone i think um yeah so i really love this and you think i think you can get it on some sort of playstation game um, called fifa soccer 19 whatever so it's, i think it's i think it's the fifa 2007 <laughs> no. game on ea games which i know because it's oh, one yeah. of my tracks on as well oh, oh fantastic i Great. think probably a very successful meeting for our man. <laughs> um right so this is um eric Fritz's remix of uh, things can only get better by howard jones which he called do you feel scared but we're going to call things can only get better because it really is and it sounds like this <laughs> Thank you. 
Grids, one of the masters of electronic music, remixing one of the other masters of electronic music, uh, Howard Jones. So finally, what is next for Howard Jones? What are you working on at the moment? Well, the big excitement uh, that I've been involved in is, is working on this new electronic duo with Robbie Bronneman. And we're, we're, we're trying to make a, an el uh, electronic show that we can tour uh, without taking five tons of equipment with us. So basically, I've got one keyboard that I can pick up at each show. Robbie's got a laptop, a bus-powered um, keyboard and a bus-powered interface, and he can put that into his, into his case. And, you know, we can just travel light and do the show where Wherever we, uh, wherever we want to. So that that's the the aim, and I think we've got there this time. Because you've been touring in the States quite a lot um, just recently, mm. haven't you? Yeah, that's right. I, I go every year to do the acoustic show, and, and people, you know, they're a bit shocked at first, and then they get into it, and, you know, and, and it's good fun. But I know that a lot of people really want to sort of hear this, the synth stuff again and, and to hear that. So it's a way of... You know, being able to do both really, and uh, you know, I'm putting a band together as well. You know, for the rest oh, of the year. I was going to tell people about. We were just talking about it before, but you know, Howard's always been quite a, a pioneer of different ways of doing live gigs. And there's something that I, I remember we were talking about earlier is um, this thing where every gig gets recorded live, and then at the end of the show, you can buy um, a CD of that night's show, including artwork, including that night's um, yeah. uh, digital photography. Now, this all sounds like, oh, that's quite a good idea, that's innovative, but we're talking about 1991 or something here, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, that's right. It was, um, I, I mean, it, yeah, it, I suppose it was, um, a lot of people have kind of taken us on and built huge businesses around it, but we actually took out the, the CD burners and the, and the, and the uh, you know, colour printer, <laughs> the whole thing, and we were able to give people a CD at the end of the night, and it was very exciting, and we didn't always achieve it, because, you know, too many people wanted them, and we had to post them on but this is the days before people even had mobile phones <laughs> isn't it so, you know it was quite a pioneering thing to do <laughs> yeah it was it was it was great fun it, the, the, uh, it was frenetic backstage after every show and of course we had to uh, we had, whatever happened during the show whether the equipment went down or, or whatever we just had to go with that so you basically you you got this as it was yeah. as it was if there was a screw up during the show then you'd get that as well so it's very honest are they worth a lot now they are yeah some of them go for, uh, there's some rare gigs uh, that go for like seven or eight hundred quid i think so that's not bad is it yeah i'll start doing that yeah because there's a collection of 17 of them I was, <laughs> I was just thinking about a thing with, uh, those off topic, thinking about mobile phones and now, uh, how back then people didn't have mobile phones, how do we yeah. survive? I always like it when there's a science fiction movie and it's maybe the year is 2034. And they're like going around in their silver jetpacks flying through space. Yeah. But they don't actually have a mobile phone to call each other and say, oh, do you want to come over here? Because people didn't. <laughs> In 1991, nobody thought of the idea of everyone having a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Technology going all at the wrong speed. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Howard Jones, for coming to see us um, at the Young Punks FM, the best in new electronic music, coming at you live from London Bridge, England. Um, and uh, we will play more of your things in the future. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for having you, um, having me on, on your podcast. I'm very, very honoured. You have your own podcast, actually, don't you? Yes. You want to tell people where to find that? Um, yeah, you know, you go to the uh, go to iTunes, Howard Jones. You can you can get it there or on the website howardjones.com. And how often is that put out? And what kind of things are there in it? It's a kind of 
We try and do it every month. Uh, usually ends up once every two months. Um, and what it is is basically stuff that I've been uh, recording in the studio. I play little snippets and talk about how things go. I'm recording a new album at the moment. But I, I'm also on the last uh, the last tour, I actually recorded audiences saying things like hello from New York and right. hello from Pittsburgh and I'm desperate for people to hear it because it's really great and I'm going to put that in the next podcast being recorded this week alright great well thank you Howard Jones <laughs> thank you Hal well now normal service is resumed as we return to the Young Punks FM podcast uh, some normal house music that doesn't involve Howard Jones singing and this is the incredible, and I really mean incredible, Fred Falk, 9.09pm at the beach, which is one of my favourite tracks at the moment.
to the Young Punks FM podcast with myself, Hal Ritson of the Young Punks. Visit us at theyoungpunks.com. The Young P-U-N-X.com. With my special guest star, and it was a star this time, not just Simon or Nathan or Phonat. Um, who was? The one and only Howard Jones. This track is the very exciting Discount Rhinos with Grab That Hoodie. Now that's what I call a title for a track. And before that, Fred Falk with 9.09pm at the beach. Thank you for your delightful company. We'll be back um, soon with another podcast. If you want to talk to me, then just email me on podcast at theyoungpunks.com. I hope you have a nice day. I might go to bed soon. That would be good. on the end of the podcast. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, but, but now you've walked in on it.
thought you were recording with the microphone. Yeah. You're not recording by... No, no, it's just, I, I just started playing. Do you have tequila again? Can you sing it? I bet, you know, there's some people out there in podcast land who thought, oh, I'm going to stop listening. In fact, they probably stopped listening when me and Howard Jones spent 10 minutes talking about different types of keyboards, which might have been a tiny bit techy. There's a few people just hanging on at the end going, oh, look, there's something extra on the end. I want... <laughs> We've got a microphone and they've got nothing. That's a quote from next week's podcast. I'm going to do a TV podcast. Um, you'll come and, come and join me at a Young Punk's gig. I'll set, do that as a video podcast next time. Um... Ah, oh, okay, extra bonus thing to stick on the end. Have you heard the rock version of the Howard Jones song? No. I'll find this. Which Howard Jones song? Um, I think it's, is it What Is Love or something? Okay, those of you who are still hanging on on the podcast, I'm going to find you a rock version of a Howard Jones song. Uh, but you're going to have to wait because, you know, we've gone way past the kind of professional radio production time. Um, right. Right. Check this out. This is what I call a cover version.
You like it? Yeah. So. There you go, Howard Jones, as you've never heard him before. Well, actually, it's a cover cover version by our band. I don't know what the band is at the moment. I'll find out and write it in the notes for the podcast. So uh, that was the end of the podcast, really, honestly. It really was.